You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello, McIntyre's Football Fan TV. This is the League of Ireland show. I'm joined by Gary Spain, and we're here to discuss all of the Premier Division games from over the weekend. And obviously, we'll start off with the Dublin Derby. Shamrock Rovers won. St. Patrick's Athletic won. I was obviously at the game, Gary, but I just want to get your thoughts on the game. I think you were watching at home. And um, what, what did you think? Because this was obviously, everybody's expecting Shamrock Rovers to dominate. But at the same time, they did lose large chunks of their team in terms of their midfield and their creativity. But what did you make of them, I suppose, in the first half and Pats as well? Yeah, I suppose... If we want to even go back a little bit, Paul, yeah, I think people have been expecting Rovers to dominate for a few years with the, the budget, the players, the facilities they have in Tala, Roadstone, etc. And finally, last year, it definitely came through. They were the totally dominant side. And it's very difficult to win a league, and Rovers did some job in winning the league last year. But it's even more difficult to retain a league. And that's because Rovers now are the champions. They're the team that everyone wants to take down and so this was going to be a very tough start for them because they're up against a Pats side that they didn't beat last season. They drew twice with Pats and uh, and Pats could have beaten them as well uh, in both of those games. So it was a tough game for Rovers. They, and add into the fact then that they, I know they've got, got in some fine signings, but they've lost Jack Byrne and Aaron McIniff, who were two, two of their best players last season. So... Uh, I was very interested. I mean, I was watching it on TV, so I appreciate it's not the same as being in the stadium. You don't get to see all the the angles. But um, so I was very interested to see how Rovers would react and would perform. And of course, it's very early days yet. And I still expect them probably to win the league in the end, but certainly to be very much near the top. But uh, I, I suppose the first thing I'd say is I, I'll give credit to Pats because I thought Stephen O'Donnell set Pats up very well. And they made life really difficult for Rovers. And they were certainly worthy of going in at nil-nil at half time. And uh, just Rovers didn't seem to have the the creative edge that, that Jack Byrne gave them last last season. Uh, that, that little spark was missing. And, and definitely the energy of Aaron McAniff in midfield well, it was definitely missing. Now, it's very early days. Um, but uh, I suppose... It, from my point of view, I was very, very impressed with Pats. Uh, they they played really well. They were well organised. Uh, and I believe, uh, well, I saw Stephen Bradley talking afterwards and saying they sat deep. I, I actually don't agree with that. I think Pats actually really pressed Rovers and, and they pressed Rovers high up the pitch and, and it gave them problems. And uh, so I, I suppose from uh, my perspective, I would say I was very impressed with Pats and uh things are looking good for them for the season. So I don't know what you thought of the first half. Well, I think you're right. I think Pats did press, but, you know, they were sitting back as well. Like, there was periods where Pats were pressing, but there was periods where they were sitting back too. And, and rightly so, Why would when you look at the quality that Sean McRovers have, um, why wouldn't you sit back at times? Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, you're just going to leave yourself open throughout. I think if Ronan Coughlin can get firing four pats i think that's what they've been lacking the last number of years they're very good and they play like an attractive style of, of football but they just don't put the ball in the net enough 
Um, they've got really good quality players in there. You know, you think of Benson, Forrester. They've added Paddy Barrett, John Mountney to the team there. Obviously, you know, have won things with Dundalk and stuff like that. They've got Shane Griffin, who was good with Cork as well. The left back, Lee Desmond, looks like a really good central defender as well. Um, and the keeper in goals was really good. Yaros, uh, on loan from Liverpool too. So look, Stephen O'Donnell has assembled a really good squad there. To add to what he already has, he's got Ireland under 21 international there. Jamie Lennon there too is a really good player there. So they have good players. It's just a matter of, I suppose, just adding goals to their game. And as a from a Shamrock Rovers point of view, it's just they're ultimately they remind me of Arsenal uh, a few years back. And I think Gary Neville had mentioned this before on kind of the, when they went through that period of signing very like-minded players, the likes of like Arshav and Rashiki, all those types of players who are very creative, but they all kind of play in the same sort of positions. And I think that's what Rovers are a little bit like in terms of they've got a lot of like-minded midfielders who can come in, like you think of Ronan Finn, Dylan Watts. Um, the only the only one who's kind of I suppose different in some ways is Chris McCann who looks really really good. He drops in deep, gets the ball. Um, when teams are pressing, he drops in deep and gets it on the turn and starts attacks. He's really really good. But you're kind of looking around the rest of the team. They seem to be playing in a like I I watched Sean Gann. He's very very high high up. You've got Liam Scales very very high up as well. And Liam Scales is a centre back. Let's not forget. And he's. He's playing ahead of the likes of Sean Cavanagh and probably Neil Ferrugia as well. He's doing quite well, actually, I would, I would say, for someone who's supposed to be a centre-back. But, um, like, Sean Gannon was almost playing as, like, a right midfielder the other night. He was that high up a lot of the time. And Sean Hoare seems to be covering that space on the right-hand side. So I think, look, it's a, it's a matter for Shamrock Rovers is that they're trying to get used to, the, obviously, the new players fitting into the system, of course. And then, at the same time, they are lack. They're trying to score the perfect goal. I think Stephen Bradley had said it too. They're just trying to score the perfect goal instead of maybe, you know, just having a go. And uh, uh, another player I obviously forgot to mention is like they have Graham Burke and Danny Mandrell to add to those players. Where as I said, they're, they're all quite similar mind and kind of take up the same sort of spaces on the pitch. That's not saying that they're bad players or anything like that, but they all kind of get into the same kind of areas. And they kind of overload the areas a little bit, maybe when they should probably spread out a little bit. Like I know we spoke on previous shows in the teams of the seasons and whatever, and we're like, we don't know where Graham Burke plays. We could probably say the same now about Dan Mandreo, because he's just, they're kind of all over the place. And I know that, look, a lot of the fences don't really know how to deal with that, but I thought Pats actually did deal with that really well. In saying that, I think the more Rovers, the more games that Rovers play, I think the better they will get and the more things will start to kind of happen for them. I think Dan Mandreau was quite good the other night. I think he's just lacking a goal. I remember there was a chance he had, I think it was in the second half, where he, he took an extra touch in the box and he just didn't need to. He probably, in a normal day, he would have just had a strike and it probably would have went in and um, he'd be in, in, in good form. But there was a lot of tackles in the game uh, flying in. Like, I mean, there was, there was battles all over the pitch and... Look, it was, a, it was a tasty affair. It wasn't entertaining or anything like that until the last couple of minutes with obviously the two goals. But I, maybe it's because I haven't been to games in so long. I just actually, I just enjoyed the game. Just the fact that there was a game on, you know what I mean? Because obviously there was pre-season and stuff like that. You weren't allowed to attend games and stuff like that. It's still not the same without fans, and I've said that previously, but... I think it was a good game to start off the season and it was very much a, a first game of the season kind of type of game. It was kind of slow, it was edgy, there was tackles coming in. Um, 
from both sides and you could have easily had a red card in this game as well and obviously that over the years there's been many red card in that fixture as well but I think from both sides point of view I think Rovers after the game would have taken a point obviously going a goal down at that time of the game I think Pats before the game would have taken a point so I think in I think it evened itself out in many ways you know yeah I mean the there was it was definitely a tasty affair. I mean, these Dublin derbies, with or without fans, it mightn't be the best football in the world, but there's so much at stake, and they're always good to watch. So, I mean, you take Rovers, Pats, Bows, Shells, and they will be back in the Premier Division very soon. So, all those teams, you are going to to get a tasty affair. There's so much at stake; they're really going to go for it, and. Uh, you couldn't question the commitment of anybody that went on the pitch in Tal on Friday night. I mean, they were everybody was up for it. As you said, first game of the season, maybe players are not as sharp as, as you want them to be, but um, certainly everybody was up for it, was was ready to go. And uh, so I, I, I quite enjoyed the game. I think it makes it makes good television. Um, and uh, I think more games, obviously it's great. We have all the games on Watch LOI and LOI TV, but I, I'd like to see it that, that, especially in these times, that there's at least one game live every week because it just gets a far bigger, wider audience and uh, it promotes the league when, unfortunately, we can't bring fans along to games because it's not just... I suppose those of us who do go to League of Ireland games regularly when, when crowds are allowed, we, we're already the... The faithful we're already you're, you're preaching to the choir and people like us but it's nice to bring along uh, when when fans are allowed new people introduce them to the league and uh i, I think these type of games are, are great to go to uh, even as a neutral um they, they can be very enjoyable so um I, I would say hats off to everybody on, on friday night because uh I, I think it was great entertainment and it would have been so much better if fans had been there. Can you imagine the away end in Tala when when Robbie well Robbie Benson's going to claim it is probably it's gone down as a Pico Lopez own goal, I think. But um when that ball hit the net in Tala it would have been right in front of the away fans and all. Um that would have been um The home fans some, there. Something. Oh sorry, Robbie Benson, I thought you meant the Rovers. Yeah, course. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When the when the, the, the like imagine the away end of that, and then I was going to go on and say when Aaron Green got the the equaliser right into the south stand, that would have been pretty special for the the home fans as well. Um, but yeah, so it's it, it is it's an awful it's an awful shame the fans aren't there, and hopefully, hopefully. But I've been saying this for too long, and I appreciate why fans can't be at games, but just hopefully we'll have, we'll get back to the crowds at games soon. Yeah, no, 100%. And uh, I, I spoke with Stephen Bradley, uh, Stephen O'Donnell and Yaros after the game, so you can hear that here. This is the IFF TV Podcast. Stephen, uh, one all draw in the end. Um, I suppose that's two draws if you, can, if you count last week as well, um, over the 90 minutes. Um, how, how have you found it so far? Obviously, we're in a new season now. You're probably not looking into it too much, but you know, yeah. still kind of find your feet a little bit. Yeah, I think what we got to take out is that two good sides last week and this week have come and, and sat in, you know. So I think that's what we're going to face, and uh, we got to we got to uh, respect that and be ready for that. And, and uh, when we get our chances like we did tonight, we need to take them, you know, because we had some good chances in their box and, and we're trying to score a perfect goal instead of just letting fly and, and, and shooting, you know. But that's something that we need definitely need to improve. 
Yeah, I, I would have said that as well. It, it almost looked, you just get into the final third and then it's just not been able to find either that pass or, as you say, take that shot to, to let it fly in. How have you been impressed? Sorry, how impressed have you been with your new signs? I think Chris McCann looks really good in that middle of the park, and mm. then obviously Dano coming in. How, how impressed have you been with him? Yeah, they've been excellent. I think Chris has shown his real quality last week and this week. He's shown what he's going to bring to us. He's uh, he's shown the level that he plays at. He, he plays the game at his tempo, um, and we play at his tempo. So uh, he's been excellent. I think both Sean's have been very good, and we'll only get better with how we play. But I think tonight, uh, Danny Mandrew showed showed what he's all about. I thought he showed some moments of uh, of real, real quality, you know, which was which was really good to see. I think he we probably start seeing the best of him once he gets one goal. I think that'll be when the conference really starts to show him, maybe. Yeah, I think that was all that was missing from his game tonight. I felt he worked really hard. He created chances. He uh, he was bright and clever on the ball. His positions are really good, um, and he needs to score that chance in the box. Uh, like I said, taking an extra touch, but once one of them goes in, I think uh, I think Danny will will start scoring. Yeah, just I was looking even around the hour mark. He made the obviously the substitutions. Just looking at your midfield, even though you've lost Aaron, Greg, and Jack, you're still able to have the likes of you know Gary O'Neill's not really getting a look in anymore. Uh, you've got Dylan Watts coming off the bench and stuff like that. You have still got real quality in that you know squad you have there. Yeah, we 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 plan for that. We have real. Real quality. I think Gary was going to be a really important player for us this year. You know, I have no doubt about that. Uh, Chris is just playing well at the moment, and, and, and he plays. But Gary's a big player, a player that we really like, and, and uh, he'll uh, he'll have a good season for us, Gary. A one-one result. Give me your thoughts on the game. Yeah, happy with the performance in the sense of the work ethic and application. I thought we started the game by far the better team, and then lost our little way a little bit, and I thought we finished the game stronger as well. So. Very happy with my boys. Obviously, when you concede so late after going uh, one 0 up so late, you're you're naturally disappointed. But on the whole, when I reflect on it over the weekend, I'm happy with our performance in the sense of what I was, all I was asking from the boys was attitude and application. They gave me that. How has it been for the new signings? You know, feeling playing there tonight seemed to be settling in quite well. Yeah, um, you know, it's been a smooth transition in the sense of there's been a new faces, but they've gelled really well with the. With the current, with the squad that were there from last year, so um, you know I've got a real hard-working bunch and uh, one I'm really looking forward to working with. Yeah, do you think tonight? I know it's the first game of the season, but do you think tonight gives you a bit of confidence that you can mix it with the bigger teams this year? Well, if you go through our personnel, look at the players we have. Um, of course, we can mix it in the sense of look at their individual careers. We have players that have won leagues, have played in Europe. We've played players that have played cross channel. We have under 21 internationals, so um, we have players with pedigree. Um, so. There's no doubt um, in our minds that we're going to be a match for anyone, but ultimately that's come from attitude and application. And they gave me that tonight, and still lots and lots to improve on, as there is every game, but particularly tonight, uh, we saw lots that we can improve on and we will improve on. Absolutely. Well, thanks for your time, Stephen Norrie. Your debut in the League of Ireland. Uh, I think it was good, except for the last three minutes where we conceded, but up to then, I think it was brilliant. Uh, Lads done great, uh, I think I've done well as well. So I'm uh, I'm quite happy with it. Yeah, you pulled off some good saves in, in this half and the second half down this end of the goal. Yeah. And um, did you think at that point you were going to hang on, or did you did you foresee getting the the late goal? I suppose. Yeah, it was one of them. Uh, I was thinking uh, we might get one. I mean, I'll keep I'll keep the boys in the game with the uh, with the back four, and then uh, we'll get something up the other end. And uh, 
get a goal and then we can just, uh, we can just win it. But it didn't happen. How impressed have you been with your teammates uh, since, since you've arrived at St. Pat's? How have you found, obviously, moving over to Ireland and, and settling in with these, these new teammates? Uh, it's been great. Uh, nothing but good uh, good things to say about the lads. Uh, since I come in, they helped me to settle in and stuff. Uh, the level's great, you know what I mean? Uh, all the lads are fit, uh, ready to go, so uh, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, and just from taking, obviously, this is Shamrock Rovers last season. Champions, do you feel as though now you could maybe kick on? I know it's the first game of the season, but you can mix now with the top teams in the division. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's basically what Gaff has been saying. Um, we've had a few lads come in, uh, teams young, everyone's, um, everyone's impressed, and I think it's there to fight for. So, why not? Okay, thanks very much for your time, Ari. Thank you. Cheers. This is the IFF TV podcast. Okay, on to Drogheda and Waterford. Drogheda winning 1-0 with a late goal. Um, own goal, I believe. And um, Drogheda starting the season off with a bang. I think in Drogheda's case, and from, from the season previous I did with the fans, we had um, Shane on from the Waterford group, and he said that he thinks that Waterford are going to struggle this season. I think if there was a game that you had been looking at starting off really well against Drogheda, who just came up this season, and I think if bought really well, in terms of Waterford, who we don't know too many of their signings, a lot of them have been loan signings from England, and um, in some cases they've worked in previous years, but a lot of them are unknown right now, and obviously they're going to have a chance to prove themselves over the course of the season, but I think um, Shane was saying that Kevin Sheedy was maybe brought in and, and promised things and maybe not been given the the promises that were he was going to be told, you know, and, and then Waterford, on the other hand, I think bought experience and bought Premier Division experience in there, you know what I mean? So, um, from, from your point of view, obviously the result was 1-0 was to draw it out. Was that a shock to you or were you expecting them to, to maybe nick it at home? Yeah, no, I, it wasn't a shock. I, I think, as you said, draw it a they brought in experienced players, guys in the league like Dan Massey, Ronan Murray, etc. And, uh, I think it's a very good move, and uh, I, I was expecting Drogheda to win the game. Now I know it took until the 89th minute to get to the, get the goal, and it was an own goal, but it was a match Drogheda dominated, and Waterford were really hanging on for the point. Now it's probably a good time to get Waterford in that, as you said. There's a lot of players in on loan; they don't know each other; they're just gelling. They weren't great pre-season. Uh, they drawn with Treaty United, which was the first game out at all for Treaty United. And I was actually, from a Limerick perspective, I was delighted Treaty got the got a draw. But then Cork went down to the RSC and beat Waterford 3-0. And uh, it probably meant... Well, maybe you can't draw too much from pre-season, because I know I'll go back and I can point to some great pre-seasons when it fell flat, when the league came around, and likewise some terrible pre-seasons that came good. But it's going to take Waterford time. It's going to take Kevin Sheedy and Mike Newell time to get that Waterford squad right. So it was a good time for Drogheda to get them to get them at home. And look, it, they were a bit lucky with the goal. It was a cross from Brown and it was Cameron Evans, I think, just deflected it past the keeper at no chance. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great win for Drogheda. And... I actually think they're going to be okay. I, I, I can see them staying up. Um, just United Park is a great advantage for them. It's a very tight pitch. And it's park. a tough... 
Head in the Game Park. Sorry, I know I'm getting these new stadiums. I'll get them wrong. Head in the Game Park. That's correct. Um, it's a tough place to go. It's a tight pitch. Uh, when you do get fans in there, and which hopefully, again, I keep saying this, but uh, hopefully it's soon, um, they will be very much on top of the pitch as well. So there's always a great atmosphere there. Even if the crowd isn't that big, you can get a really good atmosphere in that stadium. And uh, I think it helps as well that everyone's under a roof. So the away fans are under a roof, the main stand is at a roof, and, and the, the vocal home fans on the far side have a, a roof as well. And they, they, A lot of noise can be generated there. And uh, obviously not at the moment, but that's going to be a big advantage to Drogheda, and there because I think it's their home form is going to to help them to stay up. And, and re let's be realistic, I know they're whatever joint top or joint second in the ta table on goal difference, but Drogheda's aim this season is to stay up. And uh, uh, this was a great start for them. They've brought in some experienced players, and I think they're going to be very tough to beat particularly in head in the game park and uh yeah so hats off to them for waterford i think it's going to be a long season because there's no there's no bad teams in this division it's a 10 team league it's very tight it's very competitive and they have a lot of lone players in they will be finding their feet they don't have experience of playing in this league okay i appreciate they can be at, at good clubs in england but they're going to need to learn fast and, and perform quickly. And uh, they're also going to have to battle. And they're very much, Waterford are going to be in a relegation battle, I think, this season. There's no doubt about that. And it will be a battle. Because if you look at the teams, and I know some fans mightn't be too happy with me on this. If I look at the top of the table, it makes a bit of a lie of what I'm going to say. But if you look at the teams that I expected to be in that battle, you've got the likes of Finn Harps, Longford and Drogheda. And uh, maybe the league table is um, doesn't bear out what I'm going to say, but I, I think they're the teams you'd expect to see at the bottom. And from a Waterford perspective, it would be concerning because the likes of Drogheda and Finn Harps in particular, they're going to battle for every ball, every point. And uh, Longford have just come up from the first division as well. So it's going to be a long season for Waterford and they need those lone players to, to find their feet. Uh, very quickly. I think you're right, though. You know, but I don't wouldn't read too much into it after one game. Like, let's not forget when when Shells came up and done quite well. Um, they bet Pats and uh, Cork as well uh, first couple of games, and then ultimately over the course of the season, it was a crazy season. I know, but I don't think you can read too much into it until maybe the after about ten games of play. So yeah, it's going to be a long season for them, I think, as well. I think their fans have admitted that Shane was on. He's a very realistic Waterford fan, and he said the same. Um, whereas you know, Drogheda are optimistic that they'll probably stay up and and hope to finish kind of maybe mid table. It'll probably be a fairly good season for them in their first season back in the top flight. That's what they'll be hoping for. Whether that happens or not is remains to be seen right now. But they've definitely got off to a really really good start. And as you mentioned there, like the, the likes of Dane Massey. Um, and then you have Ronan Murray, and then you have and you got Dini Corcoran there, who also brings you know Premier Division experience. So I think in that sense they bought well, and they've got um, younger players there that are coming through the ranks there too. So I think Drogheda are in a good position in terms of you know staying up. They also got Dan O'Reilly as well from Shells as well. He didn't really play that much last year, but he played, and I actually got his thoughts on the game, which you can hear here. 
This is the IFF TV podcast. We're joined on the line by Drogheda United's Dan O'Reilly after Drogheda's 1-0 win over Waterford on Friday night. Dan, how are you keeping? How's it going, Paul? Good, good. And yourself, you must be buzzing after that win on Friday night. Give us your thoughts on the game. Yeah, look, it was great to start off with a win. Um, we left it late. Um, but look, we, I think we had enough chances in the game to win. Um, look, we just wanted to start off with a positive result, whether it was with a draw or a win. We weren't too sure what water was going to be about. But look, it's even sweeter when you get in the last few minutes. And uh, given the results yesterday as well, I think it's an important one so far. Just obviously on that, you know, coming up from... The first division last year, obviously, with Drogheda, um, you obviously just signed for them and stuff. But, you know, how key was it to get a result on the first night? You know, it's it's three points straight in the bank. Yeah, I think it's really important to start off well um, because you don't want to be waiting too long for your first result um, because it can hang in your head. Um, oh, look, we've just come up. We we can't get a result and like it's tough like do you know what I mean if you if you if you can't get a win like you're thinking oh when are we going to get a win um we think going into any game we can get a result but it's really important the first game to kind of set your marker and I think it will give the lads a bit more belief now in the group that look we're we're a good we're a good uh group we have um good players and uh, I think collectively I think it'll, it'll bring a lot of confidence just on that, you're talking about you know players coming in. Obviously, you're included in that bunch. How's it been for you? Because you know I was at a lot of shells game last year. You didn't seem to get a lot of game time after doing quite well with Finn the season before. So how, how have you found it now? You're starting to get a good run of games. You've had a preseason and stuff. So how's it been for you? Yeah, it's been brilliant. Um, I've really enjoyed my time so far. Look, I know it's early days. There's lots of competition for places in the squad. So um, for me, I just want to do as best I can. Um, I think that when I'm playing well, I think I'm a really good asset to any team. So, um, look, I just wanted to bounce back from a disappointing year personally and obviously collectively for Shells last year. Um, I knew this year would be really important for me to kind of show, prove to myself, but also prove to others that I can obviously stay at this level consistently, you know. Yeah, you know, you've obviously signed quite well, I think. Well, the manager has, you know, you've got Gary Deegan, who was a teammate of yours last year, you know, brought in there. I thought he was a really good player for Shells last year. You've obviously bought in other departments. You've got Diddy Corker in there. So you've got good experience of the Premier Division in that squad as well, kind of mixing in with the youth of what you have there. Yeah, I think that's really important to not have a nice balance. But what I like about Drogheda is they've kept their core group together, you know, um, because they had a lot of good players. They've had a lot of good players for the last few years. They're, you know yourself, it's very tough to get out of that first division, um, regardless of the quality squad you have, you need a bit of luck, and uh, thankfully they got up, um, and they kept all the a majority of the players that got them up, which I think is important, like obviously for loyalty. But in terms of like the actual quality there, I think the the players like myself and Dinny Deeks, Ron and um, Dara, they're all quality players, and I think like I think that will stand us in good stead. And most importantly, like you said, they do have Premier Division experience, so it's not like they're coming in unknown can they play at this level like so um yeah i think the the signings have been really good i think as well for your own sake dan you know obviously beating teams that are probably going to be around you a lot of people have tipped waterford now i know you probably won't say that but 
a lot of people have tipped Waterford to be down in the relegation battle. So I think it's key to get the results against the teams that are going to be around you, obviously, in the longer term of the season. Yeah, of course. It's it's very hard because it's so early to know who's going to be down there. Um, look, the the pundits or the media will have their predictions. like, And it's always the same every year. You'll get teams surprising you and other teams that are just uh, like, you know, it was always going to be that way. Um, but for us, especially when we're playing Warford, we didn't really know what we were going up against um, because they've obviously brought in a lot of players on loan from England, which they do every year. So, like, look, they've, they've had some really good players over the last few years on loan, like the likes of Matty Smith and Ali Koo, who were there last year, made a really good impact. So, like, what what wasn't to say that that was going to be the same on Friday night where they had these good players? Like, so, um, I think I think they'll they'll come good. Like, they're obviously a full-time outfit. They've got good managers there, so... Um, I wouldn't really be like tipping them or anything to go down like as such. Like, um, I think it's a long year. Like, you know, there's 36 games. Like, a lot can happen over that. Yeah, I, I actually think that kind of showed with Shells last season the way you know p- people thought Shells were safe after the, the lockdown or whatever, and obviously that didn't go that way. But so you've got St. Pat's up next. Um, you, are you confident going into that one? Yeah, I think the result from Friday will give us confidence going to Richmond. Um, like I said to you, if we didn't get a result, you know, you're going in away to Pats. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a really tough game. But having the three points on the board and knowing that we can get a result, I think, look, we'll go in and we'll obviously play our best, have a game plan and um, just enjoy it and just see hopefully we can get a result. Yeah, well, huge thanks to Dan for taking the time out to have a chat with us. Really, really appreciate it. And best of luck uh, against Pats now on Friday or is it Saturday? Saturday, Saturday. yeah. Um, thanks very much for having me on, Paul. Appreciate it. No bother. Take care. Thank you. This is the IFF TV podcast. Okay, on to the showgrounds. Sligo Rovers won, Dundalk won. Patrick Maleni, McElhenney, sorry, with the goal for Dundalk and Romeo Parks with the equaliser for Sligo Rovers in the 22nd minute. Uh, again, another game in which on the back end of last season, you're probably thinking this is a this is a kind of fair result, although you would probably be expecting Dundalk to win. Um, a couple of, um, what's the word I would use here? Um, I wouldn't say dodgy decisions regarding offside, but um, Definitely talking points regarding uh, a certain goal that was given us offside and many people were questioning it. But uh, from the result point of view, Gary, what were your thoughts when you saw this one finish 1-1? Yeah, I thought it was um, was probably a fair result. Now, I only watched the highlights, but I did speak to uh, a friend of mine in in Dundalk and uh, he always gives me a balanced view of the game. And... uh, he thought, look, he was happy enough to get the point in the end because, uh, look, it was a game they could have won. They hit the post and they hit the woodwork in the second half, but so did Sligo. Um, and it was probably a fair result. And probably if anyone deserved to win it, maybe it was Sligo, but it sounds like 1-1 was a fair result. Good start for Dundalk, as you said, 15 minutes in. A good press and probably a mistake by Ed McGinty and uh, Patrick McElhenney finished it. But um, Sligo responded very well. A great header from Romeo Parks, a free header as well. Um, and after that, I suppose uh, it, it was it was there to be won by either side. 
but as I said, probably a, a fair result in the end. I suppose from a Dundalk point of view, they didn't lose any ground. They will be looking at Shamrock Rovers probably. If you want to win the league, they're going to need to finish ahead of everyone, obviously, but particularly Shamrock Rovers. So they didn't lose any ground in Rovers this weekend, but they did miss an opportunity to, to lay down a marker and go a couple of points ahead of them. Uh, from a Sligo Rovers perspective, Look, their form before lockdown last year was terrible. They were bottom of the table. They looked in real danger of relegation. Came roaring out of the blocks after lockdown. Had a fantastic second half of the season. Qualified for Europe. And they've certainly built on that now again. And uh, this will be a very good start for them. A point against, uh, let's be realistic, a team that's expected to challenge for the title. So I think from a Sligo Rovers perspective, they'll be very happy with the performance in particular and with the point yeah i think you're right in saying that and as well I, like i watched on dock the president's cup and there's not really you can take from those types of games um in terms of you know over the course of the season because generally speaking it's it's just one of those games but you got to look at the quality in which Dundalk have like people talking about them losing players now but they still got the likes of like chris shields patrick mcelenny again if he can stay fit he is key to to dundalk you know um they've got dara lee um, even their keeper, uh, Abibi, he looks good as well. Do you know what I mean? He looked good against Shamrock Rovers. I thought he was his big unit. Like, um, and just yeah, across... they're going to lose three players on his senior international duty this week. You know, I mean, and they're actually they're going to be missing for the Finn Harps game and potentially not um, if they're only coming back just in time for the Rovers game. So, I mean. I know you might say they're going to countries like Albania, the Faroe Islands and Latvia, but they're still good enough to be uh, senior internationals playing against uh, top-class opposition. And uh, yeah, so as you said, it shows the quality, not just of the domestic players you mentioned, but of the, the quality of the players they've brought in. So um, it is, uh, there is a lot of quality there. And I think Dundalk are, are going to be a, a serious threat this season. Yeah, no, I think that the right back as well, uh, Jan Koskis, I think is how you say it. Um, but he, he he looked really good against Rovers and probably should have. Uh, I remember he got into the box and probably had a, should have had a shot, but it crossed it across the box and he was in a much better position to probably shoot. But he looked really good from an attacking point of view. And as you say, you know, international players there. Your man Nadi Stad looks really good from. From that game, from, and it looks like he could be suspended as well. It looks like that, that he could be getting banned. I've seen James Rogers tweeting out the other day, he could be getting the ban for getting the red card in that President's Cup game. So he may miss a couple of games as well. But he's an absolute giant of a player. And I think he I think he will be really good over the course of the season. If people say, oh, the, the red card but was never a red card. From where I was sitting in the game, I was literally directly across from it. And I know the angle makes it look like it wasn't that bad of a challenge because I watched it back. But it, definitely from where I was sitting at the time, I was like, wow, that, that, that's a bit extreme. Um, but I could definitely see why Dundalk fans who were probably watching at home or whatever were giving me a stick about it. But I, I did, like in real time, it did look really dangerous. But I think he'll learn from it anyway. Obviously, as you said, he's an international defender and stuff like that. But I think he will be a really good player over the course of the season. And... I just think Dundalk of quality there. You got to remember, like Pat Huben and David McMillan, any other team in the league would love to have those two strikers at their disposal, and they've got Junior as well. So they've got goals in the team. I think again, they'll just take a little while to click, probably, and then once they click, I think they'll 
uh, they'll show their quality over the course of the season. Sligo Rovers, I believe Greg Bolger was absolutely unbelievable in the game, which is to be expected because, you know, he's a real leader in teams and stuff like that. I think he brought that mentality to Shamrock Rovers when he was there as well. Obviously, did with Cork as well. He's won things most places he's been. Um, Jack Byrne, actually, uh, on LOI Weekly or whatever it's called now, LOI Central, I think it's called now, um, he basically said that, you know, Greg, Greg Bolger is going to be a huge miss to Shamrock Rovers. Do you know, so it's something like Jack Byrne is saying, you, you tend to start listening. So I think Slugger Rovers have signed really well there, getting him in there. They've obviously got Parks back in there as well. And they, they've kind of added to what they've had. So I think I think it's a fair result in the end, as you say, because, you know, um, Dundalk hitting the woodwork a couple of times and then obviously the offside goal as well. Uh, but I believe Johnny Kenny as well was unbelievable in the game from a Sligo point of view as well. He's only 17. And I've seen rave reviews about him as well. So all in all, I think it was a fair result, and he, I, it for me, it it shows that there's going to be a lot of competition in the league this year. Yeah, there's there's no easy games. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but there won't be any easy games in this league, and and that's been borne out by the results from day one. There's certainly been no hammerings, and uh, it's look, you have to be on your game every week. To, to get a result and uh, th that's why it's so tough to win the league as I was saying and, and even even tougher to retain it and uh, all the games can you can make the case for that and uh, well it makes it uh, from a neutral as a, a fan of Treaty United in the first division I can certainly be a neutral in the Premier Division it's a very exciting uh, league to watch because it makes the games entertaining and there, sh there shouldn't be too many formalities from that perspective yeah, well, I spoke with uh, Sligo Rovers fan and host of The Changing Room with EJ Menswear, Mark Halton, and he gave a fairly balanced opinion on the game here. You can check it out. This is the IFF TV podcast. Now I'm joined by Sligo Rovers fan Mark Halton, also on the EJ Menswear podcast as well. He's the host there, and um, he's here to give us a lowdown on the Sligo Rovers versus Dundalk game at the showground so mark take it away yeah uh good opening good opening game paul uh suppose the first 20 minutes were were very scattered Um no no real football play a little bit all over the place probably understandable both teams are probably very keen to get onto the pitch and just get it started uh dundalk probably had the better better patterns of play when it did kind of kick off Um obviously they got a goal from our mistake it is what it is it's something we'll be hoping that We'll have got that out, out of the system. Um, if the truth be told, it'd be strange for me to say from a side roar's point of view, it was probably the best thing that happened. Because um, once Dundalk scored, we, we seemed to start uh, playing a little bit better, little patterns of play. Um, Greg Bolger, if you talk about our standard performances from last night, there was any amount of it from a side roar's point of view. Obviously, I try not to be too biased. Uh, Pat Hoban um, obviously had a couple of, missed a couple of chances for Dundalk. We'll get into that in the second half. But in terms of the first half, after Dundalk scored, we pulled one back with Romeo Parks. We did kind of get a bit more of a grasp on the game. Uh, Greg was brilliant in midfield. Uh, the most impressive thing, I suppose, last night was the way we kind of pressed from the front. I was very, very happy with that from a Sligo Roar's point of view. I think Greg Bolger looked like he had an awful lot to do with it. He had them all singing off the, the same hymn sheet in terms of with young Johnny Kenny and, and, and the rest of them. So we got over the first half. Uh, started the second half, again, to be honest, probably Dundalk. We're probably the better team. 
put a couple of nice passions of play together, um, especially when the likes of Duffy and that come on. Look, they still have strong attackers. Junior was there. Pat Hoban, I suppose, as I was saying there, we probably feel hard done by. We get the decision at the at the end of the game. We kind of felt hard done by last night. We felt we were robbed with the offside decision. Looking back now, after having time to settle down, Pat Hoban, he missed an absolute sitter at the, at the front post. Probably he, he'd scored every other day uh, and he hit the post as well. So all things considered, if you had probably offered us a point at the start of the game, we definitely would have taken it, Paul. Uh, but looking back now, having that, that chance at the end, it's just a little bit hard to take. I think everybody's watched it from a million angles. I don't know how, how it was given offside. Uh, but overall, very, very, very pleased with the performance. Um, I think it's been a long time since we went into a season as positive as we did last night. And there's always the fear, you know, have we overhyped it? Uh, all you want is you know, a decent performance and to see that there's a plan in place and for the players to work their socks off. We got all three last night. Um, again, I, as I said, I wouldn't like to pick out too many pick out players for special treatment, but uh, John Mahan last night, I know we spoke about him last week, Paul. He was just absolutely unreal. And I, I'm, not, I'm not lying, Junior didn't get a sniff. He, he, a couple of tackles he made last night, as we spoke about it, the injury he had last year. Um, as I said, I think he's going to be one of the best centre-halves in the league in the next couple of years. He was just unbelievable last night. He's quick, he's strong, he was brilliant. There was a, a case at the end of the game where Dundalk were just about to go on the counter-attack. There was only a couple of games left. They had a couple of men over on us. Uh, it was on the commentary side, the, the old stand side, and John Mann came flying across. If he missed the ball, he was, he was gone. It was a red card, uh, and he nearly put Junior flying over the stand. It was an absolutely brilliant tackle. Moving into the midfield, obviously, as I spoke about Greg, Greg was absolutely unreal last night. He, we looked like we found that fella who can just drive us forward. He can put his foot on the ball at times. He's not afraid of a tackle. Um, he was just absolutely superb. He looked like he was orchestrating the whole lot yesterday, and it was just brilliant. Uh, I know last season I spoke a good bit about, I felt maybe at times we lacked we lacked a number 10. I know we had last year, we talked about Cotton and Junior and DeVries, and we had all the kind of the flair but maybe just lacking that little player to, to knit, knit the play from midfield to the centre forward. Uh, and I think although Gibson started out on the wing, I think he drifted inside. I think we were after finding, we're after getting a real player. Uh, look, I know it's it's only after one game, you're not going to get too far ahead of yourself, but we're here to talk about the game last night. Uh, he was absolutely brilliant. So, so silky on the ball. Um, you just fancied every time he got the ball, something was going to happen. Uh, so absolutely delighted with him. Uh, Romeo came back, a uh, great header. We've seen Aaron Green's header in Tal on Friday night. Romeo's was just as good um, last night. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, he came off. We were surprised to see him come off. The young lad that came on instead of Mark Byrne, absolutely brilliant when he came on. Uh, the subs were good last night. I think we spoke about the strength and depth in our squad this year. is definitely something that's improved. We, we had players to bring off the bench last night. You were just delighted to see them come on. Uh, and I couldn't finish up without talking about young Johnny Kenny up front. Obviously, he's a player that has, there's been a lot of hype about him. I suppose you're nearly trying to play it down a way, but he played last night. Uh, I didn't realise until I watched it, like the Dundalk defence are giants. They're absolute giants. Uh, he gave a wee bit back to them at one stage. His movement was brilliant. Um, to play against, come in on your competitive debut. I mean, some of these, some of these fellas were playing in the Emirates only a couple of months ago. 
by the end of the game, they were delighted to get out of the slide with a point last night. I know they had their chances as well, but they were absolutely delighted to get out of the showgrounds with a point last night. I'll tell you that, Paul, uh, by the end of that game, because we finished really, really strong. But um, Johnny was brilliant. He's running off the ball. Nearly got a goal or two as well. Uh, his movement was brilliant. For a light lad, he used his body well. He didn't get involved. He didn't get involved where it was going to get into a kind of a, a fight with the centre half. So in the, in that terms, he, he was just brilliant. Um, so overall, I'll stop me ranting now. Uh, I was absolutely chuffed with last night, Paul. Um, couldn't have asked for a better start. Thought we were going to get the, the three points at the end. Um, I felt we were... Felt we were robbed. There's a couple of photos there and there's replays or not replays from the LOI watch, but if you do watch it back, you can see, you know, we probably were we were done at the end there. But again, after having time to calm down, they had their chances as well. If before the game you offered me the points and a good performance, you, you probably would have taken. As I said, these some of these lads were, were playing in the Emirates only a couple of weeks ago. So uh, overall, delighted with the start. It's only one game. We were positive going into it. But they worked their socks off last night and, and we look forward to the, the game next week. Brilliant stuff, Mark. Thanks very much for that. And uh, guys, anyone watching or listening here, make sure to check out the Change Room on YouTube, Spotify and the rest of the links as well. Uh, huge thanks to Mark for giving us his input on the Sligo versus Dundalk game. Huge thanks, Mark. No hassle, Paul. Thanks for having me. This is the IFF TV Podcast. Okay, on to the shock result probably of the weekend, or one of the two shock results of the weekend. Um, Finn Harps 1-0 win over Bowes, which I didn't foresee. I, I expected Bowes to probably hit the ground running. I know they've lost a lot of players as well, so maybe it was a bit naive from me to probably think that. And Finn Harps, in fairness... To their credit, they kept a lot of their players from last season. I think that was going to be crucial for them to have that, um, you know, chemistry within the team and stuff like that. A lot of players knowing what to expect from other players rather than kind of having to build up new relationships season upon season. So I think this was a really good result for them. Obviously, Adam Foley getting the goal for Finn, Finn, for Finn Harps, sorry. Um, and they were gifted the goal, really, weren't they, from Bose? Yeah, it was a James Finnerty back pass that he left short and uh, quick as a flash, Adam Foley nipped in and, and finished it past James Talbot. And it came very much against the run of play. I mean, Bowes had been the better side, I think, before the goal and they were probably the better side as well after the goal. I know Finn Harps fans may not be too too happy with me for saying that, but uh, Bowes probably had most of the, the possession, but Finn Harps defended really well. And uh, look, I'm talking about tough places to go earlier on with, with Drogheda, probably the toughest, and Sligo, but one of the toughest places to go is certainly Bally Buffet. Uh, when Finn Harps and, and you, you've got Ollie Horgan and Paul Hegarty there, they, they, they always get 100% from the players, a fantastic management team, and uh, just Harps keep defying the odds year in, year out, and that's a fantastic start to the season for them. Uh, and I suppose every season you're talking about Finn Harps and maybe you're hoping just to stay up or get the relegation playoff. And uh, I think last season, certainly they surpassed expectations. And remember, they beat Bowes in Daily Mount last season towards the end of the season as well. And uh, this has been a fantastic start for them because you're, you're looking at Finn Harps start home to Bowes, away to Dundalk. It's a, it's a tough start and you could feel they were going to be... Uh, 
uh, in a relegation battle from the start and suddenly they start with a win and what confidence that's going to bring uh, bring the side and what a start to the season. From a Bose perspective, uh, I still expect Bose to be challenging up near the top of the table. I suppose the worry is that they lost, I mean, they had such a prolific front three last year. Now, I know they lost Chris Twardick in September, but then to lose Andre Wright and Danny Grant, uh, it's going to be very tough for Keith Long to replace them. And even though they probably played the better football on Saturday evening, and uh, had most of the chances. The, the lack of goals could be a concern, but it, it might be way too much to read into one game. And uh, I, I certainly expect Bowes to win a lot more than they, they lose and probably be back up challenging for Europe again. And don't forget in that um, strikers and wingers kind of as well, Mandreo as well, left for Rovers as well. Of course, as yeah, well. absolutely, yeah. And Dini Corcoran, they lost as well. So pretty much their whole strike force from last season was, was is gone. Like you know, um, they brought in Alua from Shamrock Rovers, who two more so than the, the senior team, and um, they brought in Georgie Kelly as well, who obviously is a really good striker when he gets the goals and stuff like that. But I think once he gets a goal, he'll start to kind of go on from there and do really well. I think he's a, a really quality striker. I think he's he's probably not benefited at Dundalk in terms of having to play second fiddle to Pai Huben, but most, as I said, most teams in the league would love to have Pai Huben at that club because he's just that good. He's probably the best striker in the league and has been for the last number of years anyway. Um, I mean, the goal charts pretty much show that, don't they? But I think with Bose, yeah, I think it's just a matter of kind of getting a few more games, getting a bit more of an understanding of, of the new signings and stuff like that, bedding them in. And then eventually, I think it will click. And again, like it's hard to just read into too much after one game. You know, I think, look, if, if Bose had got the first goal in the game, who's to know that they wouldn't have went on and, and you know, won two or three nil. The fact is, Finn Harps got the goal against the run of play, as you said. They were gifted a goal. And Bose will have to learn from it. I'm sure Keith Long was absolutely fuming at the fact that they were gifted a goal. I, I know James Talbot was from his reaction. But fair play to Finn Harps. All you can do is be what's in front of you. I, I you said there, you know, they've got Bowes and Dundalk. If you had said to them before the before the game that you would have taken three points out of six out, out of th- those games, I think they would have bitten your hand off for that at the you know before a ball was kicked. Now they could potentially be going in and maybe get maybe four or six points out of six. You know, um, um, it depends on how they get on against Dundalk, of course. But they put themselves in a really good position. I think it was key for them to start off with a win this season for them. I think they're actually going to be a decent side this year because they just they finished off last season a really good uh, run of form and momentum on their side. And I think they'll continue that this season. I think um, from looking at them, the, the, all the players kind of know what they're about. They've had a chance to kind of work together, have a chance to keep their team together. So they'll have a bit more you know, know-how of how each other play and stuff like that. And I think that's key because a lot of teams are, with the League of Ireland naturally, a lot of teams are, are having to kind of basically buy and replace I'd say about 10 players and Finn Harps didn't really need to do that they kept basically the core group and added in little bits here and there and they kept a lot of their bigger players as well so fair play to them Yeah and uh, one thing I will say about Bose is that Keith Long in recent years has had to transform the side I mentioned all the players he lost I mean Two years ago, he lost a lot of his best players as well and still pulled out the performance last season. And don't forget, they lost their opening match last year as well. 
uh, and still went on to finish in, in a clear second place, qualify f- for Europe, and, and again had done so well in Europe last year. So unlucky to go out in penalties. So uh, I certainly wouldn't be writing bows off yet. I, I think they're going to come back very strong, and uh, Keith Long keeps finding players. So I, I've no, I, I've no concerns from bows from that perspective. But um, a fantastic start for Finn Harps. Yeah, I caught up with Finn Harps, centre-back David Webster, and here's what he had to say on the game. This is the IFF TV Podcast. So we're joined on the line by David Webster from Finn Harps after a big victory last night in Bally Buffet against Bohemians, a 1-0 victory. David, what are your thoughts on the game? How did, how did you feel like it went? Yeah, I was going, Paul. Um, yeah, it went very well in the end. Um, I think the three points was a must. It was very, very important to get a three points on the board as quick as possible this season, get us up and running. So um, we felt uh, Saturday night there was a big opportunity to do so. And uh, I think he approached the game in the right manner, um, managed it well at times. And uh, it was just delighted to get three points in the end. Just, just on Finn Harps, because I'd spoke to you towards the back end of last season in Talca Park, and you were just saying how you were kind of you were feeling a bit confident and stuff like that, you know, of even staying up at that point. As it was kind of tick for tap between Finn Harps and Shells at that point, but you seem to be towards the back end of last season. You obviously beat Bowes, got a good run of momentum or whatever. But do you feel like you can continue that this season? Now you've kind of got a, a settled squad. I suppose you kept the bones of last season's squad, and you're able to kind of build on that this season. Yeah, I think that was massive. Um, uh, I'm sure Ali would say himself that he had a hard time trying to keep everybody um, over the, the off-season. And he's done a very good job keeping everybody. Um, from a player's perspective, I know my view on it was, was massive that we kept everybody together, and uh, especially the core and maybe 70-80% of the squad that we finished with because the, the last run of 10, 11 games was, you know, was kind of an eye-opener for us that you know we can actually maybe be better than what we were, you know. And um, we started very slow back after the, the, the lockdown and, and the break, the extended break we had. So uh we kind of felt we were in a false position in the league to an extent. Um, you know, never did we think that we should be up the other end and, and, and doing uh end up there like but uh I suppose um yeah this season look you gotta take a game by game and I was as cliche as it sounds. Um, a big result on, on Saturday there. We literally got to take one game at a time. We've got a really tough game now next Friday. And uh, you've seen how the results went uh, this weekend. You know, a couple of teams uh, sprung up a few surprises. So it's going to be a very competitive league again this year. And um, we just want to be competitive and, you know, just try and hit our way up the table um, as much as we can. Um, but look, one of the now illusions of where we should be or where we can be, um, you know, obviously we want to be up. Uh, the top half of the seat or the top half of the table but um, it's very difficult to, to break into that maybe middle half and go to the top so uh, it's going to take a lot of hard work which uh, we're willing to do so we've just got to wait and see where it takes us How key is it though to just you know get off to a flyer as you did like Bowes were tipped to be right amongst if, if the top two you know definitely in the top three for the European places and you's you know got a massive I know you were a gift to the goal but still got the victory you know yeah, look, the balls will be back, you know. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's not the start they wanted. Uh, they've got an absolute fantastic group of players there, and you obviously know someone who's been playing against them over the years, and they've got a great manager and Keith Long as well. Um, I'm sure they'll be up thereabouts of where they expect to be uh, come the end of the season. 
maybe you just caught them at a good time, you know, getting them at the first game. And, um, but, you know, they started the game very, very well. Um, they looked brighter than us, fitter, sharper than us. Um, it took us about 20, 25 minutes to, to get into it. And uh, once we got into it then, we grew in confidence and kind of thought, yeah, you know, we can get someone out of this game. And lo and behold, Adam was just the right place at the right time, you know. Um, he, he gambles down all the time, he does, so it's great to see him get a goal, uh, that kind of goal, because like, uh, he plays on the shoulder a lot like that, and he takes a lot of chances, and uh, for one of them to pay off, it's great for him. So you just mustn't have any fear, you know, obviously coming up against Bowes, you just mustn't have any fear now against other teams. I'm not saying, you know, I know it was a one-off game or whatever, but, I mean, Bowes were right, right there to probably the last couple of games last season. They were right there up until probably you bet them last year. He's kind of out of their number at the moment. Um, yeah, we've had a couple of good results against them in uh, the last two games, obviously. But, um, no, look, like Bowes made a lot of signings as well. Uh, maybe it's just the thing of some of them gelling in. Maybe it was literally, we might have just got them at the right time and kind of uh, done a number on them, really. Um, but, you know, we really, um, the game, but we rode our luck at times in the game. Um, they put us under immense pressure there the last half an hour, 25 to half an hour. And, uh, but we soaked it up reasonably well, which we were uh, we were happy about. Um, we did give up a couple of chances, which are going to do. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, first game this season, last game tired. And, um, but I think we dealt with it particularly well. Um, but like you know, each team brings a different a different um, a challenge. And you know, we go to Dundalk now; it'll be a totally different game. Um, so I suppose you got to take each week as it comes, and each game as it comes. Yeah, well, just on that note, obviously, you know, best of luck next week and a huge thanks for, for taking the time out to have a chat with us. Yeah, no problem at all, pal. Thanks a million. Top man. This is the IFF TV podcast. Okay, on to Bishop's Gate and a, another shock, I suppose you would say. Longford Town 2 0 victory over Derry City. Dylan Groynes with the first goal on eight minutes and Joe Gorman with the second goal on 72 minutes. Uh, key for Longford to get uh, like get a result with the first game of the season, whether that had been a draw or a win. They got a win, an emphatic win, if you look at it. And uh, Derry wasn't the start that they would have hoped or wanted for at all. No, with Stafford Longford, though, because that was absolutely amazing. A fantastic start. I mean... Few people, and I'll count myself in it, expected them to come out of the playoffs last season. They did a phenomenal job in getting promotion. And I think few of us expected them to, to stay up. I think most people, when they were looking at this, the start of the season, were probably having long for in, in 10th place out of 10. And uh, I know, unfortunately, uh, for a friend of mine in the League of Ireland last man standing, I was actually recommending that he pick Derry City this weekend, which he did. And he's unfortunately out of it in week one. So I'll put my hand up and say I got this one totally wrong. But hats off to Longford because that was a superb performance and a superb win. They're top of the table, first time ever in the club's history that they sit top of the table after a round of matches. I know they had a chance about 20 years ago when they went to Bally Buffet needing a win to go top and they just couldn't do it. They drew 2-2, but I'm pretty certain this is the first time ever topping the League of Ireland after one match. I know it's week one and it's a big ask to expect them to stay there, but what a start. Yeah, they, they start the game really well. They pressed Derry high up the pitch. 
they had Rob Manley and Dylan, Dylan Grimes up top, and they, they were causing a lot of problems. And as you said, Paul, Dylan Grimes got the early goal uh, set up by Rob Manley. And, and that was crucial for Longford. And uh, they, they just pressed Derry. They were they, they were the better team, and they, they fully deserved it. Um, a. Dervin is always a player I've liked in the first division. Lovely footballer. Uh, Always looked class. Always a player I expected probably to could play at a higher level. Now he's getting his chance in the Premier Division, and uh, it, it was his free kick actually set up the second goal at uh, Nathan Garside. Just couldn't hold on to it, and uh, as I said, Joe Gorman nipped in and, and scored, and uh, a fully deserved win for Longford. And uh, what a start! And uh, they're going to make a mockery, I suppose, of those of us who expected them to finish tenth and. Uh, now, maybe, I, I still expect Longford to be involved in a relegation battle, don't get me wrong, but um, th- this is going to give them great confidence and what a start. Then you move on to Derry City and it's a major, major disappointment for them. And uh, I'm already reading stuff on social media that Declan Devine is under pressure. Now, I think that's uh, a bit premature and very harsh, but uh, it is a really, a really worrying start from a Derry City point of view. I mean, they... They, they do spend, they have spent quite a bit of money. They've got in some good players. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how Joe Hodge does in this league. And uh, Derry didn't have a great season last season. They were sucked into a relegation battle they really shouldn't have been in. And this is a bad, a bad, bad start for them. And uh, I suppose they're just a little bit fortunate that uh, the, the Shamrock Rovers game this weekend is actually off because I think the last thing you probably want to face is the champions coming off uh, a, a, not a, a bad result. The champions coming off not a not good result on Friday night, and uh, it would have been a very very tough game for Derry. So probably a little bit fortunate that the game is called off. But then the the, the flip side to that is by when we come to round three, they're they're going to be down at the bottom of the table, so they're going to be under pressure t- to get a result. And uh, not a good start. So worrying times for for those in the Brandywell. But what a start for Longford and hats off to Darrod Oil on this side. Yeah, no, I think you're right there. I think the key, the you know, the objective for Declan Devine and Derry is is European football this season. And you know, starting off like this isn't gonna isn't gonna bode well for them. And I, I do agree with you. I think you know. He is going to be under pressure straight away. Uh, it is good that the game obviously has been postponed because Cards it's got a call up to the Northern Ireland team, so the game's been postponed. But I think it came at a good time because if they can get a result in their next game, I think that kind of puts that away for a while and he can crack on a little bit. Joe Hodge is obviously injured at the moment, so it'll be. It could be a chance for him as well to kind of maybe step up his uh, his recovery in that time. He might be back then for the next game that they play. I'm not sure when it is, but uh, from a Longford point point of view, I think Dara Doyle serves a lot of credit in terms of the players he's brought in have been largely unexperienced in the Premier Division, and he's brought them in and he's believed in them and he's given them a platform to go out there and perform. You know, the likes of Dylan Grimes and these types of players who probably didn't get a chance at the Premier Division before. So, you know, great result for them. I'm sure they'll be looking to capitalise on that, you know, and uh, and go on from there. And, and I wouldn't foresee them being, you know, 
a mid-table club or whatever. But I think, and I think Kieran, we had on for the season preview as well, pretty much said, you know, you know, playoff place is is probably going to be what their aim is going to be. But look, if they can get results like this against a side like Derry, there's no there's no reason why they can't go out and get results against other teams that are kind of there or thereabouts around the league table, you know. Yeah, it's a very unforgiving league, I think, this year, Paul, though. It's, uh, and normally the playoff, it, it was often the, uh, the target for Finn Harps. Normally the playoff, when you're in a relegation battle and in such a tough competitive 10-team first Premier Division, the playoff can be a, a good target. I think this year could be a bad year to be in the playoff, though, because if you look at the first division, you have a very strong full-time Galway side. You have a very, very strong Shelburne side as well. And you have Cork City, who are going to be decent. And one of those teams, obviously, is going to come up automatically. I think it's nailed on. One of, one of the others will come through in the playoff. So it's going to be very tough for whichever Premier Division side ends up in the playoff. So obviously, you want to avoid 10th place in automatic relegation. But even 9th place is going to be very, very difficult. So I think a lot of teams will be trying to target 8th this season rather than ninth, And it's going to be very, very competitive at the bottom. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I think it is. It's going to be such a hard season as well. I think the fact that there's no fans as well that no one really has a a real advantage at the moment. You know, I think that's that may help teams that are down near the bottom. I think it. I think it may also hinder teams. I think it hindered Shelburne last year towards the end of the season. I think it maybe may have helped Finn Harps last season. You know, yeah, so you just never really know, but. Jer Brown was obviously at the game and he was speaking to manager of Longford, Dara Doyle and goal scorer Dylan Grimes and you can hear that here. This is the IFF TV podcast. Dara, you look nice and composed and calm there but yeah. I say inside you're absolutely bouncing. What a great start. Five years out of the Premier Division you couldn't have asked for a better return. No, no, of course. Listen, I'm delighted. It, it was a excellent performance and a game I felt we dominated I think we played some excellent football I think we worked really hard and pressed them in areas which made it difficult for them to play and um, yeah really happy to come out on the right side of a 2-0 result a clean sheet a great performance and uh, loads of positives going into our next games to show what this group is capable of this year now you're always largely in control of this game but 1-0 is always a dangerous lead so mm. when you've seen Rob sh- uh, shot or sorry not Rob shot Joe Gorman shot hit the back yeah. of the net was it just kind of relief and you kind of knew we have a good lead now to kind of relax a little bit for the last 20 minutes or so? Yeah, no, no, of course it is. It's, it's always nice to go up by, by an extra goal, but at the, on the flip side of 20 minutes to go, if the opposition get a goal in any given minute, you're in for a nervy yeah. last few minutes. What we did is we managed to control the game really well, even after going 2-0 up. It wasn't probably until injury time or the last five or six minutes that they looked to go a bit more direct from deeper positions where we had to change or set up a little bit and change our setup so we could react and be there for the second balls and for the first ball as well and, and I felt we did that really well. Um, they didn't really create a chance where they tested Lee late in the game, although they, they did cause problems at set pieces and throw-ins, I thought we dealt with it on the whole really well and, and created a number of chances ourselves and on another day we could have scored another one or two ourselves. Yeah, you touched on the defensive game as well, but there. I think it's kind of fair to say if you're going to have a good season and reach your targets defensively, you're going to need to be solid this season. And it's hot tonight, you're excellent. And just throw in the fact as well that two of your new signings in that back four as well tonight, Paddy Kirk, okay, he has played in this division before, mm. but Aaron O'Driscoll, a new player coming in from a different country, mm. that must just give you fantastic encouragement and delight. 
Yeah, no, it does. Listen, we're delighted to get Paddy in. He was one of our early signings. We were delighted to get that done. He was a player we tried to bring to the club in previous seasons and didn't manage to do that. And now, obviously, with the position we're in now, with being a Premier club, we were delighted to bring Paddy to the club. He had a really strong performance tonight and it was, it was great to see that. As regards Aaron O'Driscoll, that was a deal we tried to get done a little bit earlier and it took a bit of time to get it done. Uh, obviously, he had to quarantine we're coming over from the UK. But as a, as a Dublin-based player, that's where he's from, it's, it's great that he's come over. He's very fit and fresh because he hasn't probably played as many games as he's wanted in League 2 for Mansfield this year. He's a player that I've known of for years with, his, I suppose, a Cherry Orchard and a couple of clubs before he went over to the UK. And I, I knew what he could contribute to this team and we were delighted to get the deal done. And I felt he put in a commanding performance tonight alongside Joe Gorman in which they marshalled Parkhouse very, very well and gave him very, very few opportunities. I was just counting up and doing a bit of research during the week. I think still of your whole squad, 12 players have still at some stage have previously played in the Premier Division. So when you're a new team up, how important is that? Because you have a large group of players who know exactly what to expect at this standard. Yeah, listen, we, we've got a number of players that have played at this level, but we've also got a number of players that have been together at first division level for three or four years. They've worked hard together, they've trained together, they've played together, and they have, a, I suppose, a camaraderie. A, they stick together, they know each other's game. And I feel we have players that are now coming into their best years. They're young lads, a lot of these lads. And I feel that they can compete at this, not just some of the lads that have Premier Division from previously, some of the lads that we have that only have First Division experience, the likes of it, Dean Byrne and Dylan Grimes. Look how good those lads were today that have only played First Division. So we've got a number of exciting young players in the group that have a point to prove. Much like the club, people will write us off and, and have done. And, and we're delighted we're able to put in a performance like we did tonight to dominate a game against Derry City, who are expected to be probably challenging for a European place. So it shows with performances and the players in the group we have. We have a really strong bench as well and, and squad and players that were even left out tonight. So add all those things together and we give ourselves a good chance of competing every week. Yeah, next up, Bohemians away. They also yeah. play tonight at 6 o'clock, so you obviously haven't had a chance to look at that game. But I'm sure you'll get a chance to look at it on the side the next couple of hours, a day or two, yeah. and preparation will then start for that game. Yeah, no, listen, it, it definitely will. We're really looking forward to going to Daily Mount next week, and it's a game we'll be prepared for. We'll, we'll have a look at the game and we'll watch it and uh, work on the things that we'll have to, to face them and the challenges that await us. But it's something that I can't wait for. You know, we come off a big, big positive today with a positive performance, and. Going into next week, we know what's expected and we know what's required. We won't become complacent and think that we've had one great result. We know it's going to be really tough. We know we need to work really hard, but we've got a really high level of quality in this team that you know they surprise people and we will surprise people. As I just mentioned, they're two 0 win. What a fantastic start! Yeah, it's a great way to start the season. Listen, the boys have put the hard work in in pre-season, and it just goes to show you down the first game. But it's only the first game; can't get carried away. Yeah, and you got the ball rolling. You got the first goal early on in the game. Do you remember how much about it? You still had a lot of work to when you picked up the ball out in the wing on the right-hand side. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm comfortable getting the ball in around the box and launching the box. You don't shoot, you're not going to score, so it's just instinct. Did you know straight away when you left your boot? Cause it, it was one of those feelings, yeah. It was one of those feelings, yeah. Yeah, and just the way you even kind of kicked on after that, you had a good chance then just before half-time, uh, Dean shot wide. And then in the second half, like they did kind of seem to come back into it, have a bit of a purple patch for five or ten minutes, but you seemed to weather that storm yeah. very, very comfortably. Listen, that's going to happen in games. You're going to have spells without the ball, particularly with the teams in this league. Everyone can play They're very good. So we, I think we weathered it quite well. And yeah, got the three points. Yeah, and you know, it's amazing to think back like it's your you know, first time up here in five years. The way it ended kind of last season, I know there's a good break in between three or four months of that, but the fact that you ended last season so well with them big victories and similar to kind of tonight, you were underdogs in a lot of them playoff games. Do you think even momentum has kind of carried through? Yeah, I think we come back after the break last season, we struggled in the league, but 
we literally just made the playoffs. We literally just made it. But once we got to the playoffs, we knew we had to work hard. We knew we, we needed to get up. That's where the club belongs. So. Yeah, it's no two ways about that. And like it's kind of seems as well, you have a good bunch of players there, like a lot of new signs came in, I think three of them started tonight and they all seem to just kind of jet in and, and play very well, the likes of uh, Aaron O'Driscoll, Paddy Kirk, uh, forgetting someone else's name there, but it just seems as if you have a good bunch as well. Like. See, we were trying pre-season, it was quite a long pre-season, so we got in quite early and we got used to playing with each other, we had a lot of games, a lot of training nearly every day, so it kind of picked her up quite, quite quick. So. Yeah, and then just finally, of course, now next week you carry on. You go out on the roads to Damon Park, take on Bohemians. They were beaten 1-0 tonight against Finn Harris, but I think you're probably all wise enough to know this is the team that finished second in the Premier Division last year. Yeah. They've been building under Keith Long. It's still going to be a tricky game. Yeah, well, they're going to re a reaction to a loss is huge, especially in this league. So we'll know what we're up against and we'll literally have to put in the same 90 minutes we did here, 90 plus. So. Don't forget too carried away with the cans or anything nah, like that tonight. Nah, back to training tomorrow, recovery. Cheers, Dylan. Cheers, thank you. This is the IFF TV podcast. Yeah, so obviously that is the end of our League of Ireland show and um, huge thanks to everyone who contributed to this show. And uh, we're on now for our international break now. Ireland are obviously playing against Serbia. We're going to have lots of content on that over the course of the week. So make sure you've subscribed to the channel if you're enjoying the content. Please don't forget to like the video as well. And uh, yeah, check out our other social media platforms as well. And we look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks for tuning in and we'll speak to you later on. Thank you. The IFF TV podcast presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate and subscribe.